Hello and welcome to the Highway to Health show. My guest for this episode is Mark Strachewski. Thankfully, though, he also goes by the name Mr. Productivity, which is certainly a lot easier for me to pronounce. He normally works with executives and other high-performing professionals, helping them gain control in their time by taming distractions. And this is such a big topic that I wanted to have him come on the show and share with all of you some of his strategies. You see, we have so many things to do in our lives. We have so many hats that we wear that we always end up putting ourselves last. And that is why we have such a hard time taking care of ourselves. So in this episode, Mark and I talk about developing a system where we can learn to do more of the important things and stop doing those things that are not important and that are, frankly, just distracting us from our goals. By doing so, we can then find the time to exercise. We can find the time to prep our meals. We can find the time to spend with our friends and family. This is something that is so, so, so important because in today's day and age, we find that everyone and everything is vying for attention all the time. We're constantly inundated by requests, emails, tweets, insta posts, everything coming at us from every direction that it's very, very easy to get distracted and sidetracked. So by learning how to be productive is the only way that we're going to be able to stay on top of all those things and not put ourselves last. Now, before we go on to today's episode, let me just quickly remind you about our free Facebook group where we post some additional interviews that we have on video. And watching these interviews in the group has the additional benefit of allowing you to interact with the experts that we have interviewed since most of them are also members of the group. To join, just head on over to dre.show forward slash group. And the second thing that I want to share with you is something that has made a tremendous difference in my life for the past year or so, and that is being a member of Optimize with Brian Johnson. In fact, I'm about to complete my coaching program with them, and I can tell that it is definitely going to be a very valuable tool in my toolkit. So let me tell you what Optimize is. It is a website and an app where Brian delivers an actionable piece of advice called a plus one every day to help you bring out the best in you. That's what optimize means. And I strongly encourage you to check them out because this is not the only thing they have. They also have amazing book summaries that they call philosopher's notes. And these are very thorough, deeply thought out book summaries, right? So it's not just the Cliff's notes. This is somebody, Brian, in this case, that's taking the time to review and to study the material in the book and summarizing it and bringing out the best ideas and sharing them with you when you're a member of this group and they have worksheets and they have a video and you can download the audio. And then they also have these master classes and the master classes are longer. They're about an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. They got these videos and they've got the worksheets and they got the different notes that you can take and they go and they explore one of these different topics around our life or wellness or health and they go deep in it. And I really, really, really strongly encourage everyone to check them out. You can use the link dre.show forward slash optimize to check them out and then get three free philosopher notes. And these are these amazing book summaries with worksheets and videos and audio versions. But in any case, let's not keep you any longer. Here is my interview with Mr. Productivity, Mark Strucheski. Remember, you are on the highway to health and I'm your guide to get you there. Are you ready to live ageless? Want to discover alternative health choices? cutting-edge nutrition, and fitness for the entire family? Welcome to Highway to Health Show with your host, Dr. E, the stem cell guy, where Dr. E helps you live ageless. And now, here's your host, 
Dr. E. Welcome to this episode of the Highway to Health Show. Joining us today is Mark Strucheski. Mark works with busy people, helping them gain control of their time by taming distractions, which is why he's called Mr. Productivity. Mark is also a speaker, the host of the Mark Strucheski podcast, and an online trainer. He discovered that taming distractions allow people to experience less overwhelm, feel a sense of freedom, and enjoy their lives more. And as those of you who know me, especially if you've worked with me, productivity is something I'm a very big fan of. The thing about productivity and the reason it relates to our show is because we tend to always put ourselves last. And so if we don't know how to be productive at work, with our kids, at school, and everywhere else, we will never have the time and mental clarity to do the things that make us better, like exercising, prepping our meals, or sleeping. But in any case, I'd rather have a real expert in the matter talk to you about those things. So, Mark, why don't you say hi to our listeners and uh, share with us a bit more about how you became a productivity expert. Dr. E, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's an honor to be here to serve both you and your audience. How I got started in the productivity, I'm going to be completely honest with you, I stumbled my way in the productivity. In July of 2005, I was an inventory control coordinator at a local hospital, and I got fired. So I decided, I know what I'll do. I'll become an entrepreneur. And my first dive was into wedding and portrait photography, which is a failure. But the one thing that came out of there was speaking, because that's how I was promoting my photography business. And then I decided to become a speaker, but I didn't want to talk about photography. So I started going through other topics. Some of them are quite embarrassing. One was called From Hopeless to Hopeful. Another one was called How to Overcome Roadblocks in Your Path to Success. Note to self, when you're not successful, don't tell people how to be successful. So I was on the phone call with a coach I had at the time, and I was having a bad day. And he's going, what's going on? I'm like, well, you know, I really like speaking. I like helping people. I like training, but I don't know what I want to talk about. And he goes, well, why don't you talk about productivity? And I'm like, I don't know where that came from, but why would you say that? He goes, because you're like one of the most productive people I know. I said, well, productivity, isn't everybody productive? And after he got off the ground laughing, he goes, no, most people are not productive and you need to share your gift for the world. So that's what kind of got me into the world of productivity. About a year ago, somebody on LinkedIn started calling me Mr. Productivity. So that's where the whole Mr. Productivity came from. And because I have a very complicated name, as you alluded to, Mark Stucheski, my website is markstucheski.com, but so your listeners' brains don't explode, just go to mrproductivity.com. It'll gently take you over to my website. <laughs> that does make things easier. Believe me, that's why I stick to the Dr. E because saying Gutierrez when you're an English speaker, it's not very easy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So anyway, let's jump straight in. There are a lot of obstacles getting in the way of us being productive, though. Why did you choose distractions as the focus of your work in tackling productivity? Well, as I began to pay attention to what was going on in our world, everyone has their faces in their phones. And if they don't have their faces in their phones and they're trying to talk to someone, bing, twing, zong, swish. I'm like, it sounds like a music box. And people are not paying attention to the person right in front of them because their phone keeps going off. And I'm like, wow. So we are being less and less productive every day because we're not taming these distractions. And the thing is, we're the adults. We are the human beings. 
you can turn off notifications on your phone and your phone's not going to say no. Mark Zuckerberg, I promise you, is not going to come to your house if you turn off notifications for Facebook. But people have a fear. and It's a real fear of missing out. Now, I'm 54 years young, Dr. E. And I remember when if you wanted the news, you had to wait for the evening or morning paper or the watch the news at night. Okay. If something happened two o'clock in the afternoon, no one knew unless they broke in on the programming. Now it's like if an accident happens or a tsunami happens at two o'clock by two o one, we want to know all the details. It's like, but why, what purpose does that serve for us to know that some country over in Asia got hit with a tsunami? How does that affect us in my life right now? And people are so obsessed of knowing everything that's going on. The moment it happens, that they are so distracted, they're not getting things done. Please tell me the pushback you get whenever you say that we don't need to know those things. Well, my test subject is my beloved wife. I joke about her all the time on my show. And I'm Mr. Productivity. She's Mrs. Anti-Productivity. She's got all her notifications turned on. She's always checking Twitter and Facebook. And she's always getting mad. I can't believe this person did this and this group did this. I'm like, honey, why do you care? Why are you getting upset? Why are you letting these people mess your attitude up? What's going on? And, and I'm finally breaking through to her. Her and I have decided we're going to take a 30-day fast of consuming news. Okay, because it doesn't matter what the leader of your country does. You still have to do your thing every day. And so we're taking a fast from the news. And I encourage everyone to do that because what happens is it affects your mental attitude. If you have a bad attitude, you can't be productive. So everybody gets if I tell them, hey, if you don't get a good night's sleep, you're not going to be productive. Everyone gets that. But what I say, if you fill your head with negativity, it's going to affect your productivity. They go, I don't get it. They, they don't make the correlation because it's not physical fatigue, it's mental fatigue. And they kind of like, ah, you're just making that stuff up. No, I think mental fatigue is worse than physical fatigue. Yeah. And the reason I bring it up is because I've been in a almost total fast of news. The only thing that I watch, I know that you're about to leave to watch your Texans and I watch FC Barcelona football matches or soccer. That's all I really open up a news app for. And my wife was just giving me a hard time a couple of days ago because you remember the whole thing with the Amazon burning down, right? I had no idea. And it had been going on for like four or five days. And I honestly had no idea. She's like, what do you mean you don't care? You, aren't you on it? And like, honestly, I really didn't know. And the reason, and I learned this from one of my mentors as well, it's a you don't really need to know. It doesn't immediately affect you. If it doesn't immediately affect you, there's no need for you to be spending mental bandwidth on it, not to mention the distractions that you're generating around. Yeah, it's like in 2016 when Donald Trump was elected president, people spend hours and days and weeks of their lives complaining. It's like, why are you getting so wrapped up into it? First of all, the election's over. Like, get over it. Just move on. When Obama was elected in 2008, people got so upset they didn't vote for him. It's like you're wasting your life complaining on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And all it did is make you more mad and you weren't doing what you need to do. It's like you need to, like, really disconnect from this stuff. And if you're not running for office, just stay off the news. Because here's the thing. If you watch your local news program, death, 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 death. I, how is that supposed to make us happy? I believe, Dr. E, that people who are happy are more productive. And so if you're bombarding yourself with all this negativity, how can you possibly be happy? How can you possibly be productive? 
No, I totally agree with you. So we've covered that one, but what are your top five distractions? I know that you've identified top five distractions. What are those five? Well, these are in no particular order. They're going to be different for everyone else. But first of all, I think it's social media, email, our fellow human beings, entertainment, which is not, wasn't usually being the category, but now we have Fortnite. We have, I don't play video games. A lot of video games out there. We have streaming video everything streaming. And then we have our own mindset. So those are the five biggest distractions that are pulling our attention away from getting done what we really need to get done. Yeah. Well, everywhere that I've worked, we've always set very clear rules and boundaries with our email, but that really seems to be the exception rather than the rule at workplaces. Whenever I tell people about that, or even the people that have worked for me or with me at some point, they share outside of our office, of our clinics, what, you know, the rules that we have with email and how we never email another person in the same office and how we only answer email at certain times. But most people don't realize that they're being held hostage to others' requests for time and attention. So my question to you would be, how can we be the boss of our email instead of letting it be the boss of us? Well, first of all, don't live in your email, okay? I'm really going to break some hearts here, Dr. E. We're not that important. For your mom, you're really important. But for the rest of the world, you're not that important. So I like what a lot of high performers do and what I do. You know, check your email maybe once in the morning, once at lunchtime, once in the evening. Now, if you're someone like me who doesn't get a lot of email, I could check my email 20 times a day. It takes me less than 30 seconds. Now, people go, how do you do that? Well, first of all, my website is markstuchowski.com, as I mentioned earlier, but I don't have a info at, sales at, president at, CEO at, mark at, none of that is my email address. So you really got to know who I am. So I don't get spam email. That's number one. Number two, I don't subscribe to but two email newsletters. And these are emails that I actually read. People are signing up for email newsletters just to get a coupon and they never unsubscribe and they get emails every day and they get it flustered. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, well, I got too many email. Like, unsubscribe. Because in Europe, in Canada, in America, you've got to have an unsubscribe link. Yes, there are spammers out there who, when you do click the unsubscribe link, it does confirm it. There is that stuff out there. But if you're a legitimate sender like I am and you are, we are bound by federal law in our countries that says we have to give a one-click unsubscribe. So that's number one. Say out of email, turn off notifications. Okay. If something is that important, I hope they call us, Dr. E. Don't send me an email. My house is on fire, okay? <laughs> call me. Come knock on my door. Too many people don't realize, like you alluded earlier, that email is someone taking their problem and putting it in your lap, and then they go about your day. And that's why I love what Brendan Burchard says. In the first 60 minutes of the day, you should not check news. Well, you shouldn't check news anyways, or social media or email. You get up first thing in the morning, you do something for you, whether it's reading an inspirational book, meditating, yoga, going for a run. You control that first hour of your day. So many people, and I know you know this, Dr. E, first thing they do, they get up, they pick up their phone. Like, what did I miss when I was asleep? Really? That's the first, you're going to enter the world of negativity. You just had a good night's sleep. And the first thing you want to do is dive into the pool of negativity. Oh, I like that. The pool of negativity. That's the first thing you want to do in the morning? No, no, not me. Yeah, and the funny thing is that most of these people, and I used to be guilty of it as well. Last thing you do before you close your eyes is you check your email. Then you set your phone aside and you try to fall asleep while thinking about that last email that you got, right? And then you think about that all throughout the night 
and you wake up and you check your email again to see if they replied anything else back, right? So what's the point of it? It's horrible because it's very rarely good news. I mean, let's say the last email you read before bed was someone's going to send you a million dollars. Okay, that's good. But how often does that happen? Most times it's like, I got a problem. I need a refund. This guy's an idiot. You know, if you work with the corporate world, you know, we don't need to do that. What I do is I say, first of all, last hour of the day, no screen time, okay? no TV, no social media. I read print books. I've actually gone back to reading print books. I've gone from print books to eBooks. Now I'm back to print books. I just like having a physical book or you can read a magazine or you can meditate or pray or whatever, but do something within your control at the end of the day and start your day the same way in control. Because if you start your day on the right foot, you're more better equipped to go out and battle the negativity in the world. Yeah, totally agree. Now we tackled email but what about social media? And that's a big one, I know. And you know, just from your face, I know that you've heard a lot of backlash, if I may, about that. So what do you think about social media and how can we tackle that? I think social media is a blessing and a curse. I mean, it's great. Your family spread across the world. You can go on social media. You can share pictures. You can go live and participate in kids' birthdays or whatever. That's great. The problem is, Social media is designed, I want the listener to hear me very clearly here. Social media is designed to keep you on there until you die, okay? That's why when you're on YouTube, it says, hey, Dr. E, would you like these other three videos and these other three videos? And all of a sudden, you wasted eight hours of your day. It's designed, Facebook, endless scrolling, Instagram, endless scrolling, Twitter. It's designed to never let you go. And so people go, well, what do I do? Well, you got to set boundaries. What I mean by boundaries is let's say you're going to be on social media. You say, okay, I'm going to goof off on social media for 30 minutes. You send the alarm on your phone and don't get something like angel wings with butterflies. Get something really annoying. And you set it for 30 minutes and you do whatever you want on social media. When that alarm goes off, you stop. You don't give yourself five more minutes. You stop. Because most people go on social media. They have nothing to stop them other than maybe falling asleep or dying. And they just lose 15 minutes, which turns into an hour, which turns into three hours, which turns into six hours, because there's nothing to stop them. Okay. The other thing you could do is what I do is I schedule my day. So I schedule every minute of every day. And I may say, okay, I'm going to spend 15 minutes on social media. Well, at the end of 15 minutes, I have something else on my schedule. So something pop up on my iPhone or my Apple watch and say, Hey, you got to take care of this thing. Like, okay, now I've got something to stop. But most people don't have anything stopping them on social media. And so they just get lost for hours looking at other people's lives. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's crazy because it's exactly that. It's looking at other people's lives. And it's not only are we wasting time by doing that, but it's also not really serving us because we a lot of the times, and this is something that I've discussed here extensively in the podcast, when we're looking at social media, we're looking at other people's highlights. And then we're comparing their highlight reel to our current life right now, sitting at work being miserable. And we're like, oh my God, I'm the worst of all my friends. Look at all these guys. They're so cool. And I'm the worst. I'm the lamest sitting out here. So that, I mean, I think it's such a dangerous rabbit hole to fall into. And it's hard. It's hard to realize. Well, I got a suggestion for you and the listener. What you need to do is you need to set up your feeds that serve you. So like, I'm a big fan of Grant Cardone. So when I go to my Instagram, there's two things I see on my feed. I'm following a lot of people, but I'm only seeing two things. I'm a big fan of Walt Disney World. 
Magic Kingdom, Epcot, the whole thing, Orlando, Florida. I'm a Disney nerd, okay? And Grand Cardone. So when I scroll through my feed, I see Disney World stuff, Grand Cardone, and all the ads. That's all I see. So what you can do on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, is if you don't want to disconnect from somebody, then just mute them. So you don't see them, mute their stories. I mean, I only have like two or three stories on at once because like on Instagram, you only see like yours and like three other ones. And so like my wife has her them all on, like you're going to watch all these stories, seriously? And so I want to know every time Grant goes live. So I have his story unmuted. A lot of people don't stop and think about this. If someone says, well, I don't like this guy's stuff, then don't follow him. I mean, is it that hard? Just don't follow somebody. And so I think we need to, like on Twitter, you can mute people. So if you don't want to see people in their feed, mute them. There's no law saying that you can't unfollow them or disconnect with them on LinkedIn. You got to take control of your feed because if you get your feed that serves you, like if I want to get a hit of Grant Cardone, I don't have to go search for him on Instagram. He's going to be in my feed right there because I don't see a lot of stuff in my feed. That's by design. So create your own feed that's going to serve you, whatever that is. Maybe you like following people who like taking uh, National Geographic, you like pictures of their wild animals, then follow that and unfollow everyone else. So when you go to Instagram, all you see is their stuff. I'll share with you what I've done for the past maybe two months to protect my time from, well, from, from me. <laughs> and, and, and that is, there is this feature, which I didn't know in my iPhone, it's called screen time. And so I've said to block every app except for a few ones that I have access to all the time, like my Google Authenticator for like when you need to verify your logins or anything like that, my Garmin app for when I run, Headspace, and then a couple of other things, right? But every other app, I cannot open it during workdays except between 2 and 4 p.m., which is the time that I'm currently breaking at for lunch, right? So the great thing about this is that it also mutes incoming notifications from all those apps and from everything else. And you know, if I really have to check something, because that's what people really think. But what if you really have to check something? Okay, if you really have to check something, then you can try to open the app and it'll ask you for your password. And most of the time, just getting that request from password makes me kind of realize that this is not what I want to be doing right now. And that this is not serving you right now. And like I said, I just had to set that system up in place because I know that left to my own devices, I am not that disciplined. What I tell everybody else is you got to do what works for you. Now, for me, I don't need that. I don't have anything locked down on my phone, but I'm not tempted to go scrolling endlessly to Facebook. Matter of fact, people ask me, how much time do you spend on uh, social media? I spend probably 99% of my time on social media is on LinkedIn. That's where my tribe is. But I post on Facebook. I post on Twitter. I post on Pinterest. I don't consume. I just post. And so there's consuming and there's posting. So when I go in to like Twitter, I'm not reading the stuff. I'm posting stuff. I'm leaving. But I always tell people you need to find a way that's going to help you, whether you use screen time, whether you use another app, it doesn't matter. Some people I tell, hey, maybe you got to delete the app for a while. They're like, what? If you really have a problem, delete the app. If you have an addiction that you got to check it, then delete your account. And that sounds crazy, but you know what? We did it until like Facebook came out. We didn't know what it was. You know, it's like all these kids these days here in America, like, oh, you know, schools want to ban phones. Like, oh, I need to get hold my kid. When I went to school, Dr. E, my parents called the office. They would walk down to my classroom. They would get me and I'd walk to the office and talk to my mom. Now it's like 
apparently they can't do it anymore. Kids can't walk anymore. I don't know. I understand. Why do kids need phones in school? I don't understand it. They got to be on Snapchat. They got to be on Tumblr. It's like, really? You're not that important. You're supposed to be in school to learn. Like even when you go to stores, the cashiers are on their phones. It's like, really? You're supposed to be working. So I, I know it's a little rant I go on, but I just don't understand why, you know, people look at me like, how did you survive without phones? I'm like, we didn't know what iPhone was back in the eighties. There was, there was no cell phone. There was no internet. What do you mean? How did we live? We just lived. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's not like catastrophes were happening because nobody had a cell phone, right? Oh my God. If we only had a cell phone, World War II wouldn't have happened. They're like, no, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe we had cell phones. Maybe we wouldn't have World War II because maybe everyone would have been on Twitter, right? Maybe Hitler got a, a hooked on angry birds. Maybe there would be no war. Who knows? <laughs> I know. I know. It's crazy. But before we move on, there's something that everyone who has worked in an office has surely experienced, and that is other people. Do you have any recommendations for staying productive when surrounding by other people and the distractions that they can generate? Yes. If you are busy, tell people you're busy. Stop being a people pleaser. So someone comes in your office as a doctor, you got five minutes. If you don't have five minutes, say, no, Shirley, I do not have five minutes. Okay. I do have 15 minutes this afternoon at two o'clock, but I don't have time right now because I'm busy. And what happens is we like to say yes to everyone. And so every time we say yes, well, now we're not doing our work because now we're doing Bobby's work and Jennifer's work and Robert's work and Steven's work. You got to say no, let her no be no. If you don't have time, say no, very professionally, very politely say no. I don't have time. It's like you and I, we scheduled this to your calendar link. When people get on my podcast or my coaching clients call me, they don't send me an email. I send them a link to my calendar. They find a date that works for them. Why? I'm being in charge. I'm saying, okay, these are my availability spots. That's it. And when you work in an office, even if you're a air quotes here, for those of you who are listening to the audio podcast, even if you're just a secretary, if someone comes to you and you're busy doing something, you got to say, I don't have the bandwidth right now. What happens is most people, I don't want to say no. I mean, I'm be rude. No, say no professionally say, no, I can't do it right now. Or if your boss says, look, I got another project for you. You say, look, um, I'm out of bandwidth. Which of these are the priorities and put the owners back on him? Which of these are the biggest priority? And hopefully your boss has a clue and he doesn't say all of them. But, you know, so you, you really got to be in charge. Now, those of you who work in a cubicle, what I suggest you do, because people who work in an office with a door can close the door. But if you've got a cubicle, get three sheets of colored paper, one green, one red, and one yellow. Green means, hey, you're available, come on in. Yellow means proceed with caution. Red means I'm going to decapitate you. Now, you're going to have to retrain your coworkers, obviously, because they're going to go, what's up with that? But if you don't take control, the operative word there is you don't take control, people are just going to use you as a doormat. And when you first start taking control, people are going to like, yo, dude, what's up? What are you doing? Well, you said, hey, I heard this podcast on Dr. E's show, this, this wacko named Mr. Productivity's on there, and I'm taking back control. Once you train people, they're going to start respecting you, and they're going to go bother someone else. That's the thing. It's training them. My mentor, Darren Hardy, he says that you get what you tolerate. If you tolerate interruptions, you're going to get interruptions. And sure, the first time that you say, you know what? No, I don't have the time. You might come across as rude. You might come across as blunt. You might come across as whatever you want. But that's just that one time. And then when people realize that, you know, you really didn't have the time. 
or you're being serious, then, you know, that's when we can be able to serve and work and do the things we do. We developed these strategies at that clinic and we were doing some phenomenal work there. And our team was six people. That was it. So we had three full-time physicians, two patient coordinators, one office manager. That was our team for the longest time. And one of the things that we did, because most of them worked in like an open layout, was headphones, headsets. So if somebody was, and we educated everyone else, if somebody is doing head down, deep work that they need to concentrate on, all they need to do is put on their headphones, even if they're not listening to anything, just put in your headphones and everybody else knows that, no, you cannot be interrupted right now. They're doing some work, but you're absolutely right. It's about educating the people around you and letting them know that, you know what, this is what I'm going to be doing because what I wanted them to be able to do is go to work, be 100% at work, and as soon as they finished, go home and be with your family and enjoy your life. You're not supposed to be at work 10 hours a day. You're not, I, I don't want you here 15 hours a day. You know, so that's the thing. 100%. Now, I also heard you in another podcast, maybe even in yours, say that it is okay to watch TV or play video games. I think that doesn't sound too much like something a productivity expert would suggest. So can you explain yourself? I get this question a lot. They're like, wait a minute, are you kidding me? There's a little asterisk next to that. If you earn the right to watch TV, like I'm watching my NFL Houston Texans in a couple hours. I had a really productive day today. So I will sit down and watch TV guilt-free. My wife and I, we have these dramas. We like watching these dramas on TV and stuff like that. People go, well, you're a productivity guy. How do you watch that? I earn the right to watch TV, number one. Number two, I never watch them live. I don't watch commercials. So if you tell me if you've seen the new movie, I'm like, I have to go to YouTube and look up the trailer because I don't watch TV. I don't watch commercials. I don't watch live TV. So if you earn the right, so if you feel you've worked a really productive day and you've got a lot of stuff done, yeah, then watch TV guilt-free. If you didn't do anything all day long, if you were lazy, no, you shouldn't watch TV. So I want to put a little asterisk next to it. If you like playing Fortnite, then bust your tail all day long so you can sit down there and say, listen, I made 25 sales calls. I made four sales. I sold 20 cars. Whatever the case may be, I'm going to watch TV guilt-free. No problem. The issue is people are watching in America five to seven hours of TV a night. Six hours a night times seven days. That's 42 hours a week. There's only 168 hours in a week. And even if you write five, four hours, that's still 20 hours a week. You can watch TV, but make sure you're getting your stuff done during the day. What's happening is people are making the priority. I've got to watch TV. I got to watch the game this weekend. That's priority. And then if I have time, I'll do the work. No, you flip it. Make the work the priority. And then if you have time, watch TV. And, you know, I don't know if they have this over in Spain, but we have these things called DVRs. <laughs> You can record a show, and I'm going to say something really heresy here. You can actually record sporting events, and if you don't check in on social media, you can watch the sporting event, and you can skip over the boarding parts. You can fast forward through the commercials. So don't watch TV live. I think that's people go, well, it's a game. Yeah, but you're not playing the game. You're not coaching the game. So whether it's you know soccer, whether it's football or baseball, or boring ball as I call it, it doesn't matter if you watch it live. I mean. How many people are really watching the game live and engaging on social media? I mean, I'm watching the game. I'm watching the game. I'm not going to be tweeting about it. I'm watching the game. I'll miss something if I'm tweeting. So, yeah, I do. It is kind of weird, but I think you should earn the right to watch TV, not just watch TV because it's your entitlement. 
So you cannot watch TV on credit, right? Like you watch TV before based on the work that you're going to do in the afternoon. No, 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 I don't think so. I think you need, now, if you had a really killer day, let's say you wanted to make a thousand dollars in sales yesterday and you made 5,000, you think you take the day off, fine, take the whole day off and goof off. I don't care. The problem is you got to produce. It's not for me or you, Dr. E. It's like, okay, do you feel good about yourself? When you sit down in front of the TV, do you feel good about yourself? I mean, my wife knows when we have a running joke in our house, we have a couch and then we have a, an easy boy chair next to us. And when she lays down to get comfortable, I know it's in a matter of minutes she's going to fall asleep. So when she falls asleep, I go back to work. <laughs> I do. And she's like, I'm just gonna, I'm just getting comfortable. I know what that means. It's pretty strong to hear snoring. And I joke about her all the time, but I think we need to have fun. I don't like this badge of honor. I work 167.5 hours a week. No, you need to enjoy because I, I think if we weren't meant to enjoy life, there wouldn't be trees. It would, everything would be concrete and cement. There'd be no color. Okay. Everything would be gray. We were meant to enjoy life. And so you need to work hard, but if you want to watch your favorite team, that's fine. I mean, I, my wife works on Sundays when the NFL is on. And when I started, I did something new this past Sunday, September 8th. And I decided I was going to start watching it live. And as soon as the first commercial came on, I hit pause on my DVR. My DVR will buffer it for 30 minutes. And I went and worked for 30 minutes. And then I came back and watched it without the commercials. And then when I caught up, I paused it, went back to work. So I was able to watch the whole game, not in three hours, in like an hour, which is crazy because that's how long a football game takes. And so I'm always trying to do these little hacks. I like my football. We don't have cable or satellite at our house. So if it's not over the air, I can't watch it. So I don't have like a bazillion channels. I got like maybe... 25, which makes it easier. So don't have cable or satellite in your house. And that brings me to your fifth distraction, I think. And is this kind of what you say that we are our own distraction? Yes. We get in our way all the time by making excuses, by entering the world of negativity, like we talked earlier about the news. You know, we have to be very cognizant of our attitude, what we're exposing ourselves with, who's in your inner circle. Are they complainers? I'm very familiar with Darren Hardy. I read several of his books. He's an awesome writer. He's a very awesome entrepreneur. You have to get rid of the negative people. Even if they're family, you have to distance yourself from them. If they're not going towards your goals, if they're not taking you toward where you want to go, you need to get rid of them because they're going to pull you down. And what happens is when we're barraged by the news and social media and what's going wrong and all these affairs and negative news, well, that affects our mindset. And when it affects our mindset, then it's very difficult for us to be productive because now we're not happy. We're negative and happy and positive people are more productive. So when I'm talking about our mindset, I mean, you need to be really careful of who's in your circle, what you're consuming. How do you talk to yourself? How's your self-talk? Are you like, oh, I was a jerk today. Oh, I'm a loser. Oh, I suck. Or are you saying, you know what? I didn't do everything I was supposed to do today or I didn't make all the sales. Like, you know what? It's okay. I put in a good effort. So many people talk negative. It's the first words out of their mouth. Oh, man, I'm horrible. No, you're not. You made a mistake. Just because you lost a sale, you made a mistake. You are not a mistake. You made a mistake. Yeah, exactly. Now, one of the things that I noticed about you and which is why I am so excited about having you here share with our listeners, despite the fact that this is a show about health, is because I realized that 
you've got your own podcast. You're well over 400 and something, episode 430, I think. You have your own business. You find time to do the things that you enjoy. And you also find time, something that I noticed, to go out for a run and work out regularly. And all of those are things that most people claim to not have time to do. They're like, well, I'm so bummed up, so you know, full of with work and all these different things. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. So what would be your couple top two or three recommendations for these people to realize that they are in control of their time and how can they start really retaking that control? Hashtag no excuses. You've got the time. Okay. When my streak, I started running August 29th, 2017, because we had a really devastating hurricane hit Houston and it was called Hurricane Harvey and it dropped 51 inches of rain on most of Houston, not where my wife and I live. And during that storm, I read an article on runnersworld.com that says what I learned from running one mile a day, every day for 250 days. I'm like, wow. So I read the article. I'm like, I could have run one mile a day. It's like nine minutes. And so I started running. As soon as the storm left, I started running. And now I run three miles because I'm obsessed with closing the rings on my Apple watch. And so I run every day, but it only takes me 30, 35 minutes. So when people say I don't have time, the first thing I ask them, Dr. E, the first question I ask them is, okay, what do you do between after dinner and bedtime? And they kind of like cock their head. Like when you make a weird sound with a dog, I'm like, what's that got to do anything? Okay. I'll ask you again. What do you do between after dinner? Cause I know what they're going to say. They're going to watch the TV six hours, seven hours a night. And they don't want to tell me. Yeah, I have time. You have time. I read. I try to read 30 to 60 minutes every day. And people go, how do you have time for it? I look at people like Mark Cuban, Darren Hardy, Brendan Burchard, Tony Robbins, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates. They make reading a priority. They're very wealthy. Hmm. If I want to be wealthy, maybe I should read a lot. So reading's not like if I have time. Reading's a priority for me because high performers, it's a priority for them. So I think people have to stop making excuses. You have the time. And I'll give your listeners an exercise. What I want them to do is for two days, I want them to grab a notebook and I want them to write down everything they do, everything they do. I don't want them to judge it, edit it, you know, because kind of like when you're using like a fitness app and you're like, oh, I'm not going to put 50 Oreo cookies in the app. No, you have to put the 50 Oreo cookies in the app. And I want you to write down everything you've done. And I want you to write down how long it took you. And if you're really honest doing this exercise, at the end of two days, I want you to set it aside and pretend you didn't even do it. On the fourth day, I want you to take that list out. I want you to schedule an hour in your calendar. Yes, schedule an hour. Don't hope you find it. Schedule it. And I want you to look at that list. And I want you to really look at that list because what's going to happen? You're like, holy crap, am I wasting a lot of time? Because when you start going, I watch so much TV. I spent how much time in email? Wow. Yeah, he's right. I do have time. You do have time. What's happening, Dr. E, is that we're all telling ourselves stories. See, when we keep our stuff in our heads, we say, oh, I'm not that bad. I don't watch that much TV. But if you document how much TV you watch or how much time you're in email or how much time on social media and you're honest about it, now it's like, wow, holy smokes. Am I really spending that much time on it? That's what makes it real. When you take the time you're spending, and you actually put it in your own handwriting, in a notebook, and then you review it, you're going to like, oh my goodness. So I encourage your listeners to do it because it's going to blow your mind where your time is really going because it's going to take it from your head to your eyeballs. And you're like, wow, 
Exactly. And once you track, you improve. It is the really the only way of realizing that and of noticing and of just being aware, just like you do with, with a food journal or as you do with pretty much any other thing, just realizing. And Darren tells a story about when he used to be in real estate, how he had a stopwatch. So whenever he was doing something that was within his top three priorities, he would start the clock. And then whenever he stopped doing that, he would turn it off. And this one day he thought he was working super hard and turns out that he had put in 19 minutes or 29 minutes, something like that of deep work. And that's the same thing that I used to tell the guys over at the clinic. I said, listen, let's just figure out what are your priorities, then just do those things. And you're going to realize because there's nothing worse. And I was guilty of this for a long time of arriving at work and then just putting up fires all day, and then you leave work six, seven, eight hours later, not having stopped for a minute and thinking that you got nothing done. Having that feeling of, I did not accomplish a single thing, yet I did not stop in the entire day. And you were just putting out fires and not doing the things that are important. And we do the same things in our lives. That's why I think that productivity goes way beyond work. Most people associated with work are like, yeah, I want to get more work done. It's like, no, you want to do the things that are important for you, that are convenient for you so that you know you can do more of those things, whether it is taking care of yourself, exercising, spending time with your family, real time with your family, or you know going to work and being able to do your work in the least amount of time. That's what makes it valuable. Yep. 100%. Awesome. Now, I don't want to say goodbye without asking you to tell our listeners about your podcast. Like, Yeah, as of today, September 9th, 2019, I have 439 episodes out. Wow. How many episodes do you have a week? You have more than like several. Well, that's a revolving, it's a constantly changing thing. So I got on this kick about six weeks ago to do episodes every day. So like about six weeks, I did a new episode every day, five to 15 minutes. And what I did is for like the last two weeks of the day of this recording is I went back and got all the episodes like in the single digits that were still really good, valuable information. And I created new episodes out of them. I put a new intro and outro because no one's going to listen to 439 episodes. I realize that. But now I'm considering going back to interviews, very select interviews. And now I'm going to start going really deep, like maybe have one episode a week that maybe goes 45 minutes to an hour. So I'm always kind of changing things around. The spirit is always delivering massive value. That's the thing. I don't want everybody goes, well, that's a waste of time. I want people to go, wow, I got, I learned a lot. I, I've been getting a lot of emails, you know, about my shorter episodes, but you know, sometimes I, I need more time. So because it's my podcast, I can do whatever I want. And so the easiest way for people to find out about me, about my podcast, about my coaching, about my email newsletter, which comes out every week and gives you tips on being more productive, is go to mrproductivity.com. That's Mr. All spelled out. Mrproductivity.com. Just fair disclosure, it takes you to markstrachowski.com. You're welcome. And everything you need to know about me is there. All the current stuff is there. So if I'm running a special, if I'm doing a current webinar, or whatever the case may be, everything's going to be at mrproductivity.com, including everywhere I am on social media. Again, my biggest thing is on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn, but I'm everywhere social media is because I'm trying to build my brand. There you go. Now, do you also work one-on-one, -on -one or is it more groups, or is it more... 
as of today, as we're recording this podcast, I do one-on-one coaching. What I hope to do is go to way of like Brendan Burchard and all these high performance coaches. And what that means is that I want to do, I have a live training program. I'm just launching, which means I'll go live once a month to train people for a low amount of money. Cause my coaching starts at 500 us dollars an hour, but the live training is less because now it's not one-on-one, it's more group, okay? So I'm doing that and I actually want to have like more, build out more courses and stuff like that. So I want to get away from the one-on-one coaching and do more group stuff so I can help more people because there's only 24 hours in a day, 168 hours in a week and I got to sleep and spend time with my wife. But if I do like a monthly training and then 200 people can show up and I could train 200 people, but I wouldn't be able to coach 200 people a month. There's just not enough hours in the day. So I'm trying to provide massive value to people, but trying to find the best way to doing it. So I'm a student, not only of productivity, but of building my brand and helping people. I'm always looking to thing. How can I get better at what I'm doing? Perfect. I'll make sure to add links to all of that in this episode's show notes and even in the description down below. For those of you listening to this episode, if you would like to start taking control of your life and being able to do the things you want to do, make sure that you do scroll down to the bottom of this episode or whether you're watching on YouTube, wherever you're watching, and you're going to see the links down there and go visit Mark, see what he's up to, see what he's doing see if he's already got some of these courses out there. Maybe you even want to work with them, you know, one-on-one. And believe me, in my experience, the number one thing that has changed the way that I pretty much operate has been realizing that I need to run the day and not let the day run me. And that it's all up to me. It doesn't matter if you're an employee. It doesn't matter if you own your own business. It doesn't matter if you're a student. It doesn't matter who you are, what position you're into. Your day is your day. And you decide whether you want to take control of it or you want to let somebody else do that. And so that's why I was so happy to have Mart here. Now, Mart, one last question. Did you have a good time in the Highwood Health? I love being here. I love sharing my knowledge with anyone who will listen to me. And uh, this is a lot of fun. It was very casual, laid back, and I trusted I served you and your audience well today. So much more than we were expecting. And I think everyone will be very happily surprised with the information that you shared. And especially with how actionable it is, because it all makes sense when we listen to it. And we kind of deep down know, but when it's presented to us this way, it's kind of like, yeah, I know. And it makes sense. And hopefully a lot of people will take advantage of this. So I want to tell people right before we go, we talked about a lot today. Don't get overwhelmed. Just pick one thing, either me or Dr. E said, just pick one thing and go implement it. Don't try to do more than one because you get overwhelmed and you won't do it. So just what resonated with what we talked about, just pick one thing because overwhelm is a really big killer of your productivity. So I encourage people just pick one thing and then go implement it. There we go. So that's what I like to hear. Everyone listening to us, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Dr. and Mr. Productivity, Mark Strzeczewski. And as always, if you have any questions about what we discussed in this episode, make sure to send them our way. Thank you for listening to Dr. E's Highway to Health show, helping you learn the science of living ageless. Did you enjoy the show? Please like, share, and subscribe where you listen to podcasts. Dr. E wants to hear from you. Go to dre.show. Again, that's dre.show. Until next time, this is Dr. E's Highway to Health, helping you live ageless. So what did you think of that episode? I am sure you'd agree by now that we need to be more mindful of our distractions and the different activities that we're giving our attention to. 
I know that I have struggled and still struggle with this quite a bit, but I also know how much of a difference it makes when you are able to start reining in these distractions and start taking control of your time. Before we go, remember to please take a moment and leave us a rating and a review. The easiest way to do that is by going on over to dre.show forward slash rate. I really appreciate if you can take the time to do this. It will take you about a minute, no more than that. And it helps us get noticed and reach more people and have a further larger impact. Once again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. You've been listening to Mr. Productivity and Dr. E talk about taming distractions. Thank you for tuning in. I will see you here next week. And remember, you're on the highway to health and I'm your guide to get you there.